It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's for my crazy day. My pack commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. (laughs) Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. No, I'm not for sale. Are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Colts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host Matt Danley, and tonight we are finishing up our last eight picks in the Locked On Colts Locked On Mock Draft. Uh, if you guys have listened to the first 24 selections, I thank you. Uh, the turnout's been fantastic, and, and it's been continuing to be fantastic even without the mock draft. But thank you guys all for listening. I just want to remind you before we kick this bad boy off to please go rate and review the podcast on iTunes or any other platform that you guys get your pods. Also, a little heads up on Thursday's show, we're going to have a fantastic roundtable with George Bremer, Jake Arthur, and Rick McLaughlin, three of the guys that I have on this show quite a bit. We're going to all kind of go through uh, just a little bit of draft strategy, a little normal talk like you guys normally hear from us, and uh, it's going to be great. We're going to talk about the Colts' first-round pick, who each of us feel that the Colts should pick in their number 15 overall pick. And uh, we're going to go from there. So uh, you know how everything turns out with that. It always uh, has a couple turns and twists throughout the show. But I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. That's coming up on Thursday's show, so it should be great. And I'd like to thank all the participants that were in this mock draft uh, for us. And I'll I'll give them a quick shout-out here. For everybody, Stuart Tomlin, Doug Moore, Jason Spears, Xavier Hamilton, Jay Plagg, Lucci, John Buchko, Lou Garini, Travis Fox, James Rapine, Stephen Letizia, Austin Polanco, Griffin Foxworthy, Bruce Coloshi, Bobby Jefferson, Tony Lombardi, Darius Robinson, Trevor Sakema, Eric Berg, Matt Derry, Timothy Cunningham, A.J. Malak, Ted Wynn, Dan Bloodburn, Stuart Court, Aaron Garcia, Patrick Kahn, Nick Gonzalez, Tyler Donaldson, and Jake Campbell. Thank you guys all for taking part in this mock. Thank you all the listeners for listening and uh, getting your feedback. It's, it's always fun to see what you guys think about these mocks. It's definitely turned out uh, different. So without further ado, guys, let's jump off with the Houston Texans on the clock with the 25th overall pick in the Locked On Colts Locked On Mock Draft. And making that pick for the Houston Texans, we got Dan Bloodburn on the line. You guys can catch him on Twitter at AKA underscore AKA Don Black. What's going on, Dan? Hey, how's it going, Matt? Good. Glad to have you on. Thanks for taking part in this. Uh, so, you know, this, the Texans have lost a couple guys in the offseason. They've got some quarterback issues, obviously. They basically 
gave away Osweiler for a bag of balls. And, you know, they've got some some holes, but they've definitely proved in the past couple of years that they're more than capable of surviving without a quarterback. What do you think their thoughts are here in the first round? Well, in the first round, priorities is offensive line and quarterback. Mm-hmm. Cornerback class is pretty deep. And you can get a linebacker anywhere. Ask the Colts. They got a bunch of them in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're looking at right now. Safety is priority also. But uh, in the first round, we're probably looking at an offensive tackle. And if one's there, a quarterback. Who you got your eye on right now? Really liking Ramsey. Ramsey, he, he's good. He just has uh, a little bit of you know some health issues and stuff like that. But uh, I don't think that's going to keep him – out of the first round for sure i really don't so uh what do you think you got you like the quarterback spot here in the first round then or do you want to go tackle no i like the quarterback because i really didn't expect him to be there that late Mm -hmm. who you got i'm gonna go with patrick mahomes patrick mahomes dude's got a ton of upside i think he and o'brien would be a, a a natural mix there uh i think that he could get away with sitting him for a while, letting him develop under his system, kind of get him uh, fixed a little bit mechanically as well. But I think in the end, that guy's got as much upside as any quarterback in this group. So uh, I think that's a great pick. I think it's a it's a uh, intelligent pick for that team. I think that, like I said, I think O'Brien would welcome that with open arms, somebody with upside as opposed to uh, you know something under 10 yards consistently with a guy like Osweiler or some of the other guys in the past so I think that's a fantastic pick man uh, thanks for doing this and uh, I, I really appreciate it now that we got Patrick Mahomes off the board to the Houston Texans the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock and making that pick for the Seattle Seahawks is Stuart Court you guys can catch him on Twitter at Stu underscore Court C-O-U-R-T what's going on Stu? Nothing, not too bad. How how are you? I'm doing great, man. It's been a little while since we've chatted over here. It it has, yeah. I think last time I had I predicted a player to be a breakout who then was cut at the fifty three cut down. So. <laughs> hey, we we all have those, my man. We all have we all have those. So yeah. I mean, looking at the Seahawks at this point, they're in pretty bad need of an offensive lineman, I would say, and I I I think that you're I'm sure that you're cognizant of that. But you know, there really hasn't been anything come off the board yet. And I mean, uh, if, unless if you take away what the national narrative is, or at least the popular national narrative and stuff like that, like I said, it looks like that there's some, you know, leniency here on where you can go. You've got some other needs for the team as well. But what are you thinking here for the first round with the way that the board's fallen so far? Um, it's it's really offered up two of two or three of the ideal picks at this point, there's players who've gone before who it's been a bit hopeful that with the foul, but there's two or three who, if this happens next day, the, the Seahawks will be rubbing their hands with glee that some of these players have fallen oh, to yeah. 26. So I think yeah, I think the offensive line is obviously still a clear need. They signed Luke Jokil, uh in free agency. Uh, Ode Abushi from the Texans also come over, but... They've had Gary Gilliam walks over this year at right tackle. Um, don't really know where Joke was going to fit in, either at left guard or left tackle. So mm-hmm. there's still a need there. And obviously the cornerback group and the cornerback crop in this draft is ridiculous, really. Just, and it really does some players who uh, spike the, Se- the Seahawks' uh, atten- attention, really, and also fit what they look for and what they go for <clears throat> and what fits into the scheme. So... 
And also, it's also certain names who the, the team, if you know, obviously the, the real world situation may be able to trade back and still get the guys if they don't, if they go back five, six, seven spots. So right. Absolutely. So, who, who's your guy uh, that you're kind of looking at in the offensive line here? Who is a couple guys that you're you're weighing your your decision on? Um, I think uh, Ryan Ramshick from Wisconsin is one of the guys. He's been tabbed by certain people who follow the Seahawks and follow the draft for quite a while. But I, th- I think he has his shoulder in, shoulder issue, I mm-hmm. think, who's kind of waylaid any workout numbers from him, um, I think. I think he's got uh, – I think Ramsick's got the, the hip injuries, I think. The hip, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Then yeah. um, you've got uh, Forrest Lamp, who – just seems to do everything quite well, obviously. Uh, but obviously, from a relative small school, so he's it's kind of if he can make the jump, but he fits the profile to to a certain degree on the airline. There's Garrett Bowles, who's only had one year of uh, playing at Utah. Obviously, took a bit of a long uh, route to Utah, and obviously Pac-12. But when he did, he really did improve and help that line and help the run game, which is something which was a struggle for the Seahawks last season. Absolutely. So, what what you coming down to, man? First round pick. Here you go. Who's your pick for the Seahawks? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go uh, Garrett Bowles tackle out of uh, Utah. Uh, I think for me, he's possibly the best tackle in this draft class. Um, obviously, people like Cam Robinson and Ramshick, as I said, but I think Bowles is just he's athletic. Um, He's got the big size. He's got the length. He could probably plug in and play it left. He possibly could even play it right tackle. But that versatility, which Tom Cable clearly likes and um, likes, in his, likes in his players and likes in his young players who so can mould. But, yeah, I think Garrett Bowles will come in and be left tackles straight away. Gives uh, George Fan a bit of time to – a bit of time at the spotlight so he can – learn the position a bit more and if Bowles struggles at left he easily can move him to right tackle he, he, can, he doesn't solve all the issues but he most certainly goes a long way to helping and addressing the O-line. Oh I absolutely agree uh, he's a mean dude too I mean you know on the field and that's uh, what you guys need and that's uh, that'd be some that's some good stuff there man I mean you guys need it he's a heck of a player uh, I, I think that he's probably one of the best as well. I'm not sure whether personally I would rather go uh, guard or or tackle. Not so much in Seattle's case, but at this point in the draft, anyways. But uh, he can definitely, like you said, he's going to go a long way to shoring up that offensive line that desperately needs some help. So, uh, Stu, thanks for dropping by, man. I appreciate you doing this. Anything you want to plug tonight, real quick? Just uh, over the UK, the UK Seahawkers, we've got um, a podcast which is up around 25 episodes. It's the Pedition Podcast. Uh, you can catch that on Facebook and the UK Seahawkers on Twitter as well. Yeah, I'm still writing for Pro Football Spot as well. All the Seahawks stuff on there is from myself, but just massive thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, anytime. And now with Garrett Bowles off the board, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. And making that pick for the Kansas City Chiefs, we got Aaron Garcia. You guys can catch him on Twitter at AllProC45. Aaron, what's going on, my guy? How's it going, Matt? Doing real good tonight. Great. Uh, just want to say, first and foremost, uh, I know this is a little uh, strange for the picks here, but glad you're here. Glad that you've recovered from everything that you've been through in life. That's uh, something that 
uh, I can't personally relate to. There's a story behind this. Obviously, we're not going to share that story on here tonight, but I just wanted to let you know that, that we're all glad that you're here and for you to fight through something like that and for your family to fight through something like that is truly a testament to the type of person that you are, I believe, for sure. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So get back to the football side of it here. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they, they've got some issues here. They possibly, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to target a, a quarterback here late in the first? Uh, do they have some other needs that are possibly, you know, are they going to try to fill some uh, uh, the, the role or the uh, position uh, left vacant by, by Poe? Uh, are they going to try to to soup up some of that linebacking core? Are they going to try to replace a Jamal Charles? What are they? You know, often there's a lot of different avenues they can go here. There's not a ton of need, like a ton of right now need stuff, but they've got a lot of areas that they can certainly improve on to go to the next level, which is obviously what they're wanting to do. What are your thoughts here for the Chiefs in the first round? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I have a whole lot of thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'll try and make it as brief as possible right. so on offense offense i think that's kind of what the everyone knows you know that's that's where they need to make an upgrade and realistically that's at the quarterback position but with the way the draft fell i doubt that the kansas city chiefs find a quarterback that would warrant a first round pick mm-hmm. with the types of players that have already come off the board right. i think in the, the real draft they may be targeting patrick mayholm to jump over houston but uh not here so as far as what I've seen on defense, I think they need help at all three levels of their defense, and I think they can definitely find a nose guard and an inside linebacker later in the draft. Mm-hmm. So I think their focus is actually going to be on their edge. If you think about it, Tom Lee, he's aging. Justin Houston really hasn't played great since his extension, and D Ford had an Eric Walden-type 10-sack season last year, if you go back and watch the film. Right. Um, so as far, as far as who I think that they'll take with the 27th pick of the draft, I feel like the Chiefs will select Charles Black Eyes Harris from Ooh. Missouri. Yes, and I've heard a lot of scouts compare his uh, spin move to a former Colt legend, Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Uh, quick twitch off the line, and that's something that you just can't teach. The Kansas City has always been known to invest uh, heavy in their front seven since Andy Reid has been there since 2012. And um, I like rushers that have a lot of moxie. In his interview at his pro day, he actually told an uh, uh, interviewee, uh, take a chance on me or I'll make you pay. So that's something that I love to see in my defensive players. And um, I definitely think he has some of the most upside out of the entire draft. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. you got you got to have a guy that's supposed to be headhunting out there. you got to have a guy like that with some spunk behind him for sure. When it comes to personal thoughts on Harris, I'm not first round high on him, but I get it. I guess for the people who are as far as teams and stuff, they're going to see some traits in him that they really feel like they can mold into uh, a, a significant player in the league, especially at the position that he's at. That's a high dollar position. He's going to be basically sitting out there. They're going to want him to be head hunting the guys in the AFC West. And I, I can't argue with the position or the player necessarily if they fit, they feel that he fits their scheme. So uh, as far as what they're looking for and that kind of player, I think that that is a very good fit. I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good fit for them. We'll have to see what kind of guy Charles Harris rolls out to uh, in the end. But uh, good pick, man. Yeah, man. One last thing I'd like to plug is that Eric uh, Gako or Gako of Optimum Scouting Mm -hmm. said that at least two teams believe that uh, Harris is a top 10 talent. Okay, And that's something that I just think you can't ignore. Um, although Kansas City did have 11 quarterbacks in for top 30 visits, which I think is something that we can't ignore there, mm-hmm. um, if the draft fouled the way it did here, I think they take edge. 
if May Holmes is available in the real draft, I think that's where they go in the first round. It's, it's time to take that offense to the next level. Six field goals is what Kansas City held Pittsburgh's defense or offense to in the uh, playoffs. And Alex Smith threw for, I think, 170 yards in the touchdown. That's not good enough with the offensive talent around it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If there's a, if Mahomes is there for sure, I think that they would snag him too. Basically, I'm hoping that uh, the Chiefs, uh, that you know, a, a similar quarterback run goes like 10, 11, 12, like it did in this one, or 11, 12, 13, whatever it was. And then basically the uh, uh, a team like the Chiefs or somebody else wants to move up to try to get Mahomes and uh, moves up to 15 to do it. That way the Colts can get a bunch of uh, extra picks out of that. That would be nice. So, hey, uh, Charles Harris now is off the board. Thank you, Aaron, for, for dropping by and taking part in this. Really appreciate it. Some great nuggets there from you. And uh, now with Charles Harris off the board to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. And making that pick for the Dallas Cowboys, we got Patrick Kahn in the house. You guys can catch him on Twitter at Draft Cowboys. Patrick, thanks for doing this, man. What's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. You know, just just winding down until the entire draft process is over. Uh, it's been a long process. I'm ready for it to be all over. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm already looking at next year's draft picks, you know, and, and who we could get. But, yeah, I'm Excited to be on your podcast, talk a little bit about what the Cowboys should do or what I would do in this case. Uh, I appreciate you doing it. Knew you were the right man for the job, that's for sure. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And, you know, the, the Cowboys are in a really uh, beneficial situation here uh, coming into this draft. I mean, last year, you know, you get your quarterback and your running back for sure. The offensive line is set, uh, largely anyways, with, you know, Lyle Collins possibly moving uh, one way or the other. And then you've got a defense that obviously still needs some help and stuff like that. But you've also got, you know, other areas of the of the team that could use uh, a little bit of depth as well. But this isn't the place for depth in the first round, not especially not in this draft, uh, regardless of where it is in the uh, in the order here. But when you look at your secondary, is there things that stand out or is it more of a linebacker issue, do you think? Or or what what are your thought process here going into this pick? You know, there's there's a lot of talk. You know, I've heard some people talking about the linebacker situation. Um, but we've heard Stephen Jones um, come out and talk about chief operating officer of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he's come out and talked about the linebackers. And, and they truly believe that Jalen Smith, who the Cowboys took second round last year, didn't play mm-hmm. at all. They have a lot of faith in him this year. And, and you know, doctors, um, Jerry Jones came out was saying the doctors have given, you know, a vote of confidence on, on what's going on. He's getting feeling in his foot. There is a lot of talk about him playing and not only playing, but starting almost immediately, hmm. you know, significant playing time. So we finally, you know, we got excited last year about Jalen Smith. Could he possibly make it on the field? Well, now that we know coming into the season, he's expected. So you got him, you got Sean Lee. Now, then you got the Sam backers, which we have, you know, a plethora of guys there. Anthony Hitchens, who's played significant time over the last two years, you know, mm-hmm. or even, you know, go back to third year, you know, prior to Tony Romo going down that 4-12 season, the season before that, they were in the playoffs. Hitch played a lot of time. You know, they got Mark Pizzaccia, who came out of Wyoming. High spark guy, you know, very athletic guy. They really like him. Uh, Damian Wilson out of Minnesota, same thing. So I, I'm really not looking at linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at defensively, a couple things stand out. Yeah, we need a pass rusher. You know, there's a lot of pieces there that they have. Guys that they are expecting to take even a bigger step the next year, right? So you got David Irving, who really started to come on late. You know, once he was starting to get some snaps, he was making plays. Even with the limited time he was playing throughout the year, 
was making plays. Mm-hmm. And as the season progressed, he got more and more snaps. And the Cowboys really saw what he could do with those snaps. You know, he was really giving offensive linemen fits with that strength and obviously his length. And, you know, he was blocking kicks. You know, I've seen that throughout his career at Iowa State. And then I've seen a few times with the Cowboys. So, but they do need, you know, more help there. They need some depth. Uh, but, but again, what you said, you don't need depth. Right. In the first round. Right. You're looking for an immediate impact guy. So I'm looking at that. What they do need, yes, last year they took Rico Gathers. You know, he's he's a project. And, and Jason Garrett has said that he doesn't think he's quite there yet, but he's making progress. Jason Witten just signed a, a new deal. But obviously I don't think that Jason Witten is going to see the life of that contract, even though he just signed for four more years. I don't right. think he was going to see it. Yeah. They're going to be looking for a guy who can eventually take his spot. They thought they might have had something in Gavin Escobar. Well, he's gone. So there's a lot of uncertainty at the tight end position. That is a position that they could look at. O.J. Howard, Najoku, he's a guy. You know, there's some guys out there, but I really don't think they're going to go there in the first round. Yeah, and not in this mock anyways. <laughs> Those guys Absolutely are off not. the board. <laughs> you know, so it came down to two positions for me. The first position I'm going to say is offensive tackle. The reason why I say that is Doug Free retired. Mm-hmm. Now, they did take Chaz Green a few a couple drafts ago. The problem with with Chaz is I'm not real sure about if he can play. He has you know some skills and he has some traits that the Cowboys really like. But the big problem is you got to stay on the field. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm looking at Ryan Ramzik out of Wisconsin. He's a big guy that I I'd like to have, but you know there's some injury concerns. Right, sure. Coming off of an injury. He would fit in well. You know, so he would fit in well. I think he really would. And, and another talk was obviously Lyle Collins moving over to right tackle. I don't think the Cowboys are going to do that. They like him right where he is at left guard. The other position, we talked about defensive end, but the position I think that they're going to go, or at least I would go, is I'm going to go with cornerback. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys you can look at. But the one guy that I think fits what they're looking to do is Kevin King. Mm-hmm. You know, Cowboys are trying to become the Seattle Seahawks defensively. Right. Kevin King fits the size profile that they like. They mm-hmm. like tall corners and they like link. They want a guy who can play press man, but they also want a guy who can play zone. Kind of that cover three. Right. I think Kevin King does that perfectly. I think he's going to be uh, every bit of what people are because he's starting to get a little more hype. Uh, as this process goes on and it, you know, kind of was mainly uh, suggested as a second round guy and he has steadily been continuing to climb and they're talking about him in the mid to the late uh, first round now. And I, I think that's a spot that serves him, right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. But I think athletic testing for a team like the Cowboys, they pay a lot of attention to that. Mm-hmm. They want to look at your spark. They want to see your athletic profile. They want to see how you do. I mean, you take, for instance, Byron Jones a few years ago, tested through the roof that's the kind of guys that they like right that's why i say kevin king you yeah. know he tests very high in the spark i believe he was like second or third rated from some of the scores that i saw and he fits what they're looking for yeah absolutely. he's got the ball skills the one thing that this defense hasn't really been able to do is create turnovers so they're obviously looking for guys who can make plays on the ball and i've seen i've seen king do it i've seen him do it one-handed two-handed uh, he's got the skills required to do what needs to be done. So that's why I'm taking the 28th pick of the NFL draft, Kevin King. I love it. It's a great pick. Like you said, I mean, I don't know that I can really elaborate any further on it. You described him pretty perfectly. And uh, he's a guy that's definitely going to do some damage there. I mean, he would, he's going to do damage in the NFL. I think he needs a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of polish to him, but he, he's going to be 
I, I think he's going to be a great corner in this league. Kevin King's going to go there, and uh, it's an exciting pick, I think, for the Dallas Cowboys. And now Kevin King is off the board. The Green Bay Packers are on the clock. And making that pick for the Green Bay Packers, we got Nick Gonzalez. You guys can catch him on Twitter at by Nick Gonzalez. What's going on, man? What's going on? So the Packers came off a pretty strong season. Aaron Rodgers had a MVP type season that we've seen from him numerous years to to come now. Fortunately, they came up short um, in the playoffs once again. So they're looking to retool, looking to hopefully get back to the Super Bowl where they once were and where how Rodgers already has a ring. It won't be easy as the NFC started to now build up on talent now with the Cowboys getting younger and um showing to hopefully have another dynasty. The Falcons, uh, once again, uh, getting younger, and that turned out well for them last year, is coming second from winning their first Super Bowl. And the Seahawks are still always a team. But um, the Packers still have a bunch of needs. As, as uh, deep as they made it to the playoffs last year, they still had a bunch of glaring holes at the running back position, the cornerback position, and um, an outside linebacker that could possibly help rush the passer. Um, they were a little thin at the DB position last year, uh, where uh, Randall and a couple other people getting nicked up throughout the season and running back with uh, Eddie Lacy uh, now gone. It looks like they will need to address that position maybe twice possibly in the draft with it being such a deep running back draft. Um, but another thing that's uh, a hole for the Packers that a lot of people haven't been uh, realizing is a guard. They need they need depth at the guard position. Having seen uh, uh, Lang switch sides last year and then uh, McCart- McCarthy asserted that uh, Bulaga uh, has has some experience playing guard, but he's instead uh, opting for the right tackle spot. They will probably look to address that position in the draft as well. But um, with uh, the Packers pick, I decided to take uh, Quincy Wilson, the cornerback out of Florida. It gives him the new depth there at the CB position, and it allows uh, him to come in and play right away almost. Uh, Florida has a nice history of producing good NFL cornerbacks with uh, with Joe Hayden, Janoris Jenkins, and some other guys. They've produced a lot of good sa- safeties as well, and he should be able to have a day one impact there in, uh, in uh, Green Bay, and hopefully he can help them lead them back to the promised land. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not only that, but he's a, he's a nice scheme fit for them. Uh, nice, nice. I mean, he's got a lot of the traits that you need from him. He's a guy who can track the ball. He's a guy who can cover underneath. And he's got enough man-to-man skills to where he can basically uh, roll himself into another coverage if necessary. I mean, he's he's got a lot of, of things that can be coached up as opposed to limitations because he's a, a, a more, what do you, whatever you want to call it, more desired player within a cover three scheme but he fits great there in 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 green bay i think that's a fantastic pick one of the guys i'm really high on as far as in the cornerback position i think that a lot of people are under appreciating him right now but he's definitely a guy that i can't wait to see play in the league and, and see what he's made of for sure. And not only that, does he have a lot of talent at the cornerback position. He has a lot of confidence, which is needed in this league with guys like Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, constantly talking about how good they are. You need someone with just as much confidence on the other end guarding them to not be intimidated at all. Absolutely. I totally agree. And now we got Quincy Wilson off the board to the Green Bay Packers, and now the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. And making that pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers at 30th overall, we got Tyler Donaldson. You guys can catch him on Twitter at tdonaldson1239. Tyler, thanks for joining us, man. What's going on? Thank you, Matt, for having me. I'm doing good. Good. 
Uh, well, the Steelers are in, you know, kind of a, a situation here where they still have a ton of talent that they can acquire through at this point in the draft. You know, um, a, a lot of edge rushers still available, a lot of cornerbacks, a lot of offensive. We- I mean, you know, there hasn't been very many offensive linemen or anything, you know, that are, are off the board for any of that. You know, so they're basically your options are completely wide open here for the Steelers and they need a little bit of help. But they, you know, they've got their core in place and everything. Uh, what do you think's going to uh, help the Steelers here at 30th overall kind of kind of touch off this draft for them? Where do they need it the most? Right, Matt. Um, to be honest with you, the Steelers are in kind of a position where um, I think that they need to go for more of a best overall or someone that's going to contribute to them immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year, take getting bounced out in the AFC Conference Championship, a lot of that had to do with Tom Brady kind of taking them apart. Their defense is a huge area in the edge rusher, obviously, um, with Dupree and Harrison kind of rotates in and out. So somebody to succeed Harrison's a big deal. Um, the secondary is still really rough. I know Cockrell, they re-signed. We don't really know if Golson's going to get ever really pan out. Uh, hasn't played football in three years. Artie Burns is still kind of developing, and I'm not really sold on Mike Mitchell's coverage abilities. So there's a lot of question marks all over the defense. They could add a tight end. Ladarius Green looks like he's barely ever going to play. The offense can't really stay healthy. But for the first round, it's I really think it's, someone that's going to contribute and give them an opportunity to kind of go after that seven Super Bowl with Ben Roethlisberger's time coming out, um, either on offense or defense, someone that's going to kind of be a game changer for them and they get to film them, developmental guys in the mid rounds. Yeah. And they definitely need that. I mean, they, you know, for all intents and purposes, they definitely need some help in that secondary or at least in, in coverage options one way or another, because that's kind of been their downfall at times for the most part. It looks like they've got the right system and they've got the right scheme, but it looks like they've got maybe a couple guys that they need to either either replace or get co- that need to be coached up a little bit more. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, Tomlin said that he, he feels like they need to be more comfortable in man-to-man sets. They obviously sat back in the zone against Brady and got picked apart last year, and you know, a lot of that might be used and might be inexperienced, but, I mean, they need more speed. They need to keep getting younger and more athletic um, there on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. So what are you thinking here at number 30 for the Steelers, Zim? Um, I know that there's been a little bit run on cornerbacks, a lot of cornerbacks taken in the first round. Um, but for the Steelers, I'm going to go Marlon Humphrey. I think he kind of fell here to Pittsburgh at number 30. I like his man-to-man coverage skills. I think he's got good length. Um, I think he plays the zone well, and I think he's a good press corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of got that tenacity that the Steelers would like. Um, you know, he's got a little fight in him, a little bit of fight. He's aggressive, a good tackler. I think that he's a real lockdown corner that they need. You know, he's not just a slot guy. He's really going to be a lockdown corner there on the edge. Um, somebody that's going to help Burns develop. And with hopefully with him and Burns, they'll have a foundation for their secondary going forward that they can build on him, Burns, and Sean Davis, obviously. Um, you know, I thought about edge rushers, T.J. Watt still being on the board, a lot of edge guys still being on the board. But I still think that there will be those guys there in the mid-rounds that they can pick a twitchy, twitchy edge rusher to develop. Mm-hmm. I really think secondary is their biggest place to to upgrade where, you know, they're the most efficient, I think, isn't actually at the linebacker spot. I think it's cornerback and safety. That's the spot where they need to upgrade the most. I think Humphrey could end up being the most well-rounded, most polished cornerback, you know, to come right in outside of Lattimore, obviously, someone that's going to come in and contribute automatically and make big plays, and I think Humphrey can be that for the Steelers. I totally agree with you. I really like Marlon Humphrey. Like you said, I think that he's good in the press. Uh, He has a really a wide range of skill set. 
And that's ultimately what the Seahawks need. They they can't sit back in that zone forever. Uh, like you said, they'll get picked apart against the good quarterbacks in the league, and they've got to be able to have a little diversity to where they can get into man and some and, and switch it up a little bit. And I think Marlon gives them that. Also, he gives a lot of physicality, in my opinion, in the in uh, run supports too, and that's oh, absolutely. also a, a huge uh, get on any cornerback uh, for any scheme. And that's you know that's not something that's scheme specific. They certainly need that with whoever they pick on the edge. So I love that pick. It's a fantastic pick, ladies and gentlemen. Marlon Humphrey is now off the board at 30 to the Pittsburgh Steelers and now the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock and to make that pick for the Atlanta Falcons we got Jake Campbell with us you guys can catch him on Twitter at JakeCam1010 Jake thanks for joining us man what's going on nothing much thanks for having me on absolutely appreciate you taking part in this I'm doing great this is we're finally rolling down getting the uh, last few picks in here and you know the Falcons I mean obviously the heartbreak of the loss of the Super Bowl but, you know, there there's so many good things to look at. I mean, with the loss of the offensive coordinator, uh, I think that's something that could possibly be uh, a trying situation for them offensively. But they've got a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball, and they've got just a few things they need to touch up to really to where they could explode and be one of the NFC's powerhouses. I think it's uh, more than uh, possible for that to, to come to fruition. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so the Falcons, if you kind of look at them, you know, there's not really a lot of glaring holes on the roster. Um, I think you make an argument for right guard and probably defensive end is another one because they really have Vic Beasley and nobody else for kind of getting after the passer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were to kind of make a pick, I think in the first round you can get pretty good value at a defensive end spot where you're getting the edge rusher, which kind of leads me into my pick. I think... Atlanta could be looking at Derek Rivers, and Derek Rivers is who I would pick for Atlanta. So I'll go with Derek Rivers. He's one of my favorite uh, draft prospects this year. Plays the run really well, super athletic. He's kind of unknown because he's from Youngtown State, but he checks all the boxes for an FCS prospect. So I think he'll be really good at the NFL level. Um, I actually predicted him to have the most sacks of any edge guy from this career or from this uh, draft class for his career. So I'm pretty high on him overall. I think the Falcons would get a gem right there. Oh, I do too. Rivers is one of my favorite guys uh, that I've you know seen for the most part in in, in for the majority of the of the draft season. To be quite honest with you, uh, he's an he's an easy guy to fall in love with as far as what he presents in, in both aspects of the game. He's definitely, like you said, he can play against the run. He definitely shows that he's mean with his hands. He can beat uh, you know just about any whether it's athletic or big tackle off the edge. Uh, he he's gonna man he is gonna make some team really happy and at least for this mock he's gonna make the Atlanta Falcons really happy he's gonna bring that extra pass rush you know with the unlikelihood that Dwight Freeney comes back and and probably the unlikelihood that he could be quite as effective I think is 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 a uh, intention or his intelligent thought as far as what he can give for another year at his age but you know, get a guy in there like Derek Rivers who is a technician more or less uh, with his fundamentals and in his technique just in general, uh, that is a phenomenal pick. That's going to really help them out, especially in this first round. And I agree with you. A lot of people haven't been on him, but there's also a nice uh, a nice group of people that are really you know chanting him up, and he, he's definitely going to uh, make his presence known, I think, 
in the first couple years of his contract, and he's definitely going to put an end to the small school uh, snub type issues with edge rushers, I think, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm a huge fan of him. I heard about him a little bit before the Senior Bowl stuff, so I kind of tried to find whatever I could on him, and I was like, why is this guy getting more buzz, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he went to the Combine and tested like the athlete you hoped he would. And I mean, it seems like a pretty easy pick for the Falcons there, and they've shown quite a bit of interest throughout the process, too. So I think I think it'd be a home run for him. Absolutely. I totally agree. And now with Derek Rivers off the board of the Atlanta Falcons, we go back to the New Orleans Saints, and they are on the clock. And making the 32nd and final pick of this first round in the Locked On Colts, Locked On Mock draft, we got back Austin Polanco. Uh, You guys can catch him again on Twitter at the LAX King Kobe. Austin, what's going on, man? Welcome back. Good to have you back. Good to finish off this uh, this draft now in the first uh, earlier in the first round, you guys made your pick and uh, you realized that uh, the uh, quarterback bringing him in to kind of work underneath Drew Brees was going to be most beneficial and to be able to get kind of your pick of the litter there as well uh, with Deshaun Kaiser. So what are you looking at now uh, to end out the first or to finish up the first round? Going to defense mm-hmm. for sure. Going to go D line. Who are you looking at for that D line? Malik Medal out of Michigan State. Ooh, that you know what? That's a guy that is continually being scrutinized. It seems like over and over has a lot of upside. Obviously, that's been publicized considerably. But you know, at this point in the first round, if you were to talk to about him as a top ten pick, I think that that might be uh, you know send up some red flags and stuff like that just because of the stuff that he's dealing with but at this point in the draft this is ultimately a second round pick anyways and uh, I think Malik McDowell is going to do nothing but help I mean they've got they re-signed some guys up front in that front seven as well and Malik McDowell is going to make huge strides towards uh, imp- improving that defense I think for sure that's a phenomenal pick yeah, I was surprised to see him drop so far like I didn't think he'd be there but like for his upside he's a top 15 pick to me but if they can coach him up, he'll be dominant. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. He's definitely a top 10 talent in this draft. I don't think there's any question. Uh, I think that you know, you've got it for a guy like that. You've got to have the right coaching staff to be able to coach him up, keep him, uh, whatever you want to call it, involved, and to make him feel that, you know, hey, look, you've got to give us 110%, and you've got to be going at 100 mile an hour all game all year every year you know and that's kind of the thing now if they feel that they've got that guy or they've got that kind of coaching staff there you could see him reach his ceiling you know in the first couple seasons uh if if they don't if they're not that quite that confident in their coaching staff this could be uh you know a scary pick but uh either way like i said at this point in the draft malik mcdowell huge upside fantastic value for a guy who like we have already uh touched on is a top 10 talent in this draft so uh, definitely no disappointment with McDowell here going uh, 32nd to the New Orleans Saints. And thank you guys for joining us for our first ever Locked On Colts, Locked On Mock Draft. Uh, we will talk to you guys all tomorrow right here on Locked On Colts. You are Locked On Colts, your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.